Now we gather due to a selfish man's injured pride and the outrage of supporters who he has deliberately misinformed for the past two months and stirred to action this very morning. As thousands of supporters of President Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol building, venting their anger at the victory of Joe Biden in the presidential election. Die Demonstranten durchbrechen Polizeiabsperrungen. Chaos erupted at the U.S. Capitol today when pro-Trump demonstrators breached barricades and pushed their way inside as lawmakers were in the process of making President-elect Biden's election official. Hello, everyone in 2021. Uh, this is actually the first podcast in 2021 for Citizen Reporter. I'm Bicycle Mark, or Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, depending on where you know me in life, you use one of those names. And as you well know, we have guests on the program. We discuss, well, things happening in their lives, projects they're working on, observations of the world, anything is possible on this program. And with the start of this year, we just had this major thing happen in the world. And to discuss it... <laughs> I've got my dear friend, Vin. He's in Jersey. We call him Vin from Jersey. Hi, Vin. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. I mean, it's one of those days where in the morning people are a bit like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, it's it's the day after the, uh, what do we call it? The, the, the certification of the votes for the president of the United States or something like that. Yeah, so I think we, you know, we had five good days this year, and uh, oh. and I think that's we got. So I feel like we have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, uh, but I think this this you know we talk about yesterday. It depends on what side you're on. You might call it the insurrection. You might call it certification day. Yeah. Um, you might you know it depends on what news channel you're listening to. Um, you might call it the civil disobedience day, I don't know, or Patriots day or whatever you want to go through it. I cannot tell you it. There's a very, uh, indicative of kind of the fracture of how people see things and the lens that you look through. Yeah. Uh, I think we will hopefully stick to calling it certification day. Certification um, day. <laughs> I, I, I don't. And I, and the funny thing is, is, you know, in 43 years in this country and, and, you know, countless elections, I don't think anyone has ever paid attention to certification day. If <laughs> no, you, no, 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 no. You know, and if you, if you happen to watch it, um, like I did until about one thirty in the morning, Eastern time wow. in, New, in New York city, yeah. um, before my wife said, we have to sleep. Um, <laughs> so yeah. if you happen to watch it, it may have been like uh, a friend of mine described it as the super bowl of, of council meetings. Um, where it was just so yeah. boring and parliamentary procedure and, and everything. And that's what I think as a country, a majority of Americans want to get back to a boring <laughs> country of parliamentary procedure that we don't really understand. Uh, but we get to read about it in the papers and it doesn't make us feel, um, like it all could come crashing down in the next, you know, two weeks or two months or two years. But so, uh, you know, that's the important thing. But for anyone that watched a video and, and certainly has shared some photos today, the funny and sure. unfunny, because there are there are both with all this. Um, you certainly also realize there's a some amount of people in the United States that have a different wish. It involves wearing a lot of gear, helmets, 
pads. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course you got your flags. I saw don't tread on me a lot of times. I haven't seen that many don't tread on me since I was visiting my parents in South Jersey. Hey, mm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of those there. But uh, so I saw all the familiar uh, flags of the cause. But yeah, the, 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 so so for people listening in the future, obviously, um, there was a time known as certification day, January 2021. Uh, it happens, what, every uh, four years, technically? Every but, presidential election. Yeah, but normally it's a snooze fest and hardly reported on. And then came yep. the Trump <laughs> Biden election of 2020. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, it, it it's the best, worst chance the current president of the United States had to fulfill his mission that he will not accept that he did not win mm -hmm. the election of 2020. I mean, the court thing, as far as I can tell, was a failure over and over again. Um, the convincing of local boards in Michigan and other in Georgia is a well-publicized failure. So, you know, mm -hmm. this is his last stand and he's Professor, Professor Xavier. No? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you put it in a really strong context. I mean, if, if you want to take the year, I guess, of 2020 as a whole and look at it, you know, going into this year, uh, going into 2020, I'd say he had a real strong chance to win, you know, kind yeah. of overwhelmingly yeah. um re-election and and you know to some people's you know total fear and, and and also shame uh but um with the pandemic and the response and or lack of response um some would say vacuum of leadership um you really did see a prolonged period of opportunity to really you know find holes in the wall or, or that the emperor has no clothes here. Mm. And, um, you know, depending on what side you're on, you either, you know, clung to a conspiracy theory or a hoax ideology or some, some version, uh, of protection for your candidate. Um, or you kind of, you know, uh, I hate to show my impartiality, but mm. you clung, <laughs> clung to reality and science and things like that. And, yeah. and you went that way. And kind of, you know, America was very divided in that way. And in some ways, it's it's greater than just ideology. It's sometimes it's it's financial. Sometimes it's a great good amount of time. It's financial, and and you know, there's a lot of things. Now combine that in the summer with the Black Lives Matter uh, Matter uh, movement um, and the polarization of the population around that between suburbs and cities or youth and um, you know the older population or things like that. You know, now you have an even greater divide and the dog whistles that come with it and so going into the election season um there was a real strong you know tense situation in america you know and then the first debate hit in september or october early october and um i remember i'm an avid yankee fan and i watched a very tense yankees game against the cleveland indians in the first round of the playoffs and i was yeah. very i felt very relaxed compared to how i watched the first debate the first debate I was standing, standing up and, you know, but it, you know, here's another situation where kind of the president in a, and, and really that whole, uh, loyal group of, of, of followers or voters that he has really seeing him in public and how he acts and, and kind of his behavior and, and whatnot. 
and feeling kind of strong about it, you know, feeling really good about it. And yeah. so more questions about would this, would this, you know, guy win? Um, mm. Could he win again? And, and he had just as equal chances as Joe Biden did. Absolutely. Uh, however, I think what, what, you know, again, the country um, kind of surprises you sometimes in our ability to deal with change. And so in this current pandemic scenario, the government had relaxed the opportunity for use to, to, for the, to use mail-in ballots and early voting yeah. so that people wouldn't have to go to the polls and expose themselves to the pandemic. Uh, and if the president had espoused the idea of mail-in balloting, if he had not sowed the seeds of this will create, <laughs> um, this will create fraud and this is never going to work and actually called out an entire city. Of Philadelphia saying nothing oh, good yeah. ever happens in Philadelphia, yep. uh, which is my favorite quote of all time. Being <laughs> uh, having a lot of family in Delaware County and Philadelphia area, um, every Wawa should have been really upset. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, you know, if, if he had espoused that, I feel like he would be on the on the positive side of this election. But because his unwillingness to accept change and and kind of the party as a whole to to espouse this kind of change. I think that's where he fell short. Yeah. He put all his eggs into the election day, which is the conservative mainstay. Election day is when older folks and the established uh, voting public goes out. Yeah. And he didn't do that. So and it, here's the election season, right? So here's the third major event in the year of 2020. And it is, it, it is as promised, you know, the yeah. third act of the year. It is climactic. It is exceptional. And, it's full of rhetoric and and a lot of <laughs> accusations and mm. you know we rely on our democracy to kind of or our republic to mm. figure it all out and where our president um, what our president failed to do was provide clear evidence to courts he had sixty mark sixty um, challenges in the court system at various levels mm. um, in the United States uh, and he that they didn't you know, his, his lawyer didn't actually come up with any, didn't actually have any evidence to share. I was just picturing and re um, going back to what I've read of the, the dialogue of the lawyer in court, especially Rudy's. It, and it's bad. <laughs> I, I mean, at some, at some point it had that feeling and I, you know, I don't mean to make light of it, but it really had that feeling of, uh, the dog ate my homework kind of feeling <laughs> like, well, we had it, but it was thrown out. And then right. if you're an American, um, I think there are certain accents that have such color and character to people. Mm. And there is nothing better than hearing someone in a Philly accent talk about like votes are being thrown out. They're being thrown in the water and I can't even watch the Eagles game. Like, and everything just gets really weird in a Philadelphia accent, but it sounds <laughs> so interesting when they bring out witnesses. And then you had a woman from, I believe Michigan who had, who had a real, thick like midwestern accent just like the movie fargo oh and she's out there saying i'm under oath and you're not under oath and it was just so <laughs> it was it just was like the characters of america just kind of came out yeah and um but uh, again these are very colorful people with very strong things to say but again no no real evidence to share and courts are based on evidence and things like that so all in all you know in, in summation of this <laughs> the kind of long answer those three things were like very they're like the the matches for a tinderbox and then you have this um kind of fight to decertify um 
these election results that the states affirm to. And there's only one day to do it. And that's January 6th. (laughs) And so that's what, what got us here. Yeah. And there's, you know, you know, so that, that's, that's the, the year in review leading up to January 6th. (laughs) Also completely overlooks. And I keep forgetting. We also found out that the two uh, Democrat senators from Alabama had, uh, sorry, from Georgia, wishful thinking, yeah. uh, from Georgia had yeah. won, um, which I keep yeah. forgetting because of what mm-hmm. happened the rest of the day. So take take that into consideration that and in America we have, um, you know, typically most states are, are just, you know, winner take all. But in Georgia, if you don't get 50% of the vote, you can't be, you have to have a runoff, right? Yeah. Which so... You know, um, how very international in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think know. of so I many countries. Oh, a runoff, sophisticated. I think that's so standard in Europe. The mm. the the pass the poll um, mm. kind of concept. Oh. But so here, it's so hard for Americans. Again, the concept of mail in balloting is so foreign to us as a yep. standard way of operating. Early voting, just not normal. Yep. And here, a runoff election is so cataclysmic to our our DNA that I think the country really had to brace for it. Mm-hmm. And then when it, you know, the weeks leading up to it, I guess eight weeks leading up to it, it has really been a powder keg. I mean, I'm getting um, emails <laughs> about it, you know, uh, about, you know, giving money to one side or another or yeah. lending support or doing things. And I'm like, I have never actually, I think I've only flown through Atlanta. I don't know that I've ever been to Georgia as a whole. Mm. I think I vacationed once in Savannah, oh yeah, Georgia, which is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but I have never thought to myself, I have a stake in Georgia, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, so it's very odd, but in this way, uh, everyone felt, um, everyone felt very committed to it. Right. So here is a very unnatural feeling for the, probably the entire country that although you've never been there, you probably don't even know anyone who lives in that state. <laughs> you have very specific feelings about the four people who are in a runoff election. Yeah. of which two seats will be will be awarded right to one side or another that could decide the entire agenda of the country legislatively right so so you know throw that into the mix where uh we've never really had that before so i think it's a um i think it's just the word unprecedented gets thrown around a lot and and i really do think this is one of those years and i mean unprecedented in that it's never happened before Right. And also unprecedented that we really don't have a president. <laughs> so it's, so it's it works funny. in two different ways. My buddy, uh, John Aravosis, who was on, I guess, like three episodes ago, he he has a podcast uh, called Unprecedented with the spelling of president. Mm-hmm. And he started it when, when uh, Trump was elected. And at first I was mm-hmm. like, it's an okay name. But now I see like, oh, yeah, no, that name <laughs> gets thrown around a lot. Uh, I mean, we have a great PR um like PR leader, he really gets clicks. I will say that. Like he does get, you know, we do get attention where we didn't get it before. Um, from from everyone? All of it's, like yeah, laughing? I'm not saying it's good attention. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I have always said this, Mark, um, uh, people are like, oh, it's better to be, um, it, you want to be laughed with than laughed at. I think it's more like we're being laughed near. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're just like, it's a big, yeah. like yeah. there's, other people have their own problems and they don't necessarily want to call it out. Um, but I think like they're just people kind of just are having, you know, the international community at some point was just having fun with the concept of it. Yeah. And then it became real and then yeah. no one was laughing anymore. No. Um, and so in, in America it was very odd because in 2015, it was just a guy who, 
you know, he had run before and he, he was, I mean, I don't want to discredit this point because I think it's extremely important. This is a man who had figured prominently in three WrestleManias. (laughs) I I, remember Trump Plaza, a WrestleMania, mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. run the MC were part of it actually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. 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 Hulk, of course. I, I, I do not want to, um, I mean, we are all a rich tapestry <laughs> of the people we are in contact with. And Home Alone too. People, yeah, oh, sure, sure. I mean, you know, child negligence. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. But, I mean, we are, we are all in our hearts a rich tapestry of our experiences. Yeah. Um, and so I want you to just consider that, you know, <laughs> who we are as a country and who yeah. we are as a leader based on our experiences, you know, I, I could talk about your model UN experience and how it's kind of shaped you into thinking and process and <laughs> parliamentary procedure. I would also hope that you did not really have a, a, a clothesline uh, for a, a major corporations leader in public view. Um, <laughs> just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would count your service experiences work with stone cold Steve Austin. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if this is no, well, this but is, qualified <laughs> but the, but these stories i mean that is the maybe that's the inspiring thing no there's no inspiring thing but that you could reinvent yourself or rather just tell a new story about who you are because th- that's the thing yeah. so so people listening right vin and i we know each other from university we studied together and we you and i both grew up in new jersey and separate parts of it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and as part of growing up 80s and 90s trump is this name in the background there's a couple of names in the background, but he's one of them. And he's a, a weird one in the sense of, like we just laid out, WrestleManias and a couple of comedies where he appears to be the unfunny, uh, but the rich person. Like a foil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's got his name on these tacky buildings in Atlantic City and that one in New York and maybe here and there. Eventually, we see these buildings kind of implode, uh, except for Trump Tower. Um but that'll come, I think. And and so it's this name, like, kind of like, yeah, it's, it is a foil. It's in the background. When I worked at the uh, <laughs> the Village Voice, was, which is apparently coming back, but uh, back in those days, That's there old. was still investigative journalism. And yeah. I had a car as a true New Jerseyan. Uh, that car was roasted at a Model UN, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so... So I would get sent to the courthouses in other boroughs, especially Staten Island, because I could drive from New Jersey. And uh, I I was supposed to check on um, especially bankruptcies. I was a specialist in look in the documents, find who declared bankruptcy for what construction deal. I found Trump's name all the time. And it wasn't uh, always the point of my investigation. My boss would be like, oh, well, we'll, we'll put that to the side. We might need that later. But we want to investigate this other person you know trump wasn't even the star of the 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 tragedy at that time it was just <laughs> typical background um yeah it, and, w- it was expected that he was bankrupt like you just assumed yeah. it you know yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and then you know even even the fact that he had a television show later which i barely watched um wasn't all that surprising it was kind of like oh that guy's still <laughs> hanging on um and he, and he says some funny things, I guess, or, you know, and that's it. But that's about where this story should have, could have, in all other many dimensions of our life, would have ended. But somehow a new story was told. And anyway, fast forward, there are people carrying flags that say, Trump, my president, and they're kicking, punching, poking yeah. their way into the 
Capitol building on certification day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, I think, I don't know if you were ever there, Mark, but, um, or if you were at this event in particular, but I remember at university, we had a day where, um, the iron lady, Margaret Thatcher came wow. in to speak to us. Wow. And, no. uh, she came in for some large, some speakers, some speakers event uh-huh. and, you know, the university community and donors and whatever, we we're all there. And they asked her a question and they said, do you think it is better to have a charismatic leadership or a constitutional leadership or combination? And uh, she stood up or, you know, just addressed the person in an alarming manner and said, charismatic leadership is poppycock. <laughs> Unless you have a system. And I've, I've never heard that said in a... In no. a you know, an, an auditorium. Um, and so unless you're ordering a snack and then, uh, she, she went on to describe how, you know, a system of government without laws led by an individual and, you know, their whims and, and edicts is, uh, you know, it's, it's an oligarchy or it's, it's a monarchy. It's a, it's a dictatorship at worst. Hmm. And, uh, and, uh, it, you know, it's sometimes these things, you just kind of forget them. They become part of your memory this is something I've thought about for probably five years, her saying this, because I think it's really true, you know, regardless of what the law is and regardless, regardless of what factual events happen, there is a, uh, in America, there is a tendency to use various different forms of media to control the narrative, to yeah. say what you believe to be is the truth, regardless of the truth. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, a, a, um, kind of, a, he's a, he's, uh, a talk show host at night. He's a nighttime chat show host, but um, he created a character that was very right wing as a parody of right wing folks. Ah. And he created the term truthiness. Right. And it's Stephen Colbert, uh, Montclair, New Jersey resident Stephen Colbert, Ooh. who created this character, Stephen Colbert, um, that would say, you know, it's not the truth because it's true, it's the truth because I told you it's true. And I, I really think that meant, meant a lot. Like that was a real deal. And his, his speech at the, the press club dinner one year for the White House, um, he kind of called out how George Bush, you know, um, he Listen, tells let's you Let's review truth. the rules. Here's how it works. The president makes decisions. He's the decider. The press secretary announces those decisions. And you people of the press type those decisions down. Make, announce, type. Just put them through a spell check and go home. Uh, So anyway, so, you know, you flash forward and you get to this point where a person who has vendettas and creates kind of their own version of the truth and, and sends it out for everyone in an unaudited forum for years, like Twitter, where you can condition people to wait on your every word. Hmm. And then, you know, he starts, he, he has this audience and these followers. And then you see these rallies yeah. in spite of the pandemic filled with people hmm. that disregard public health concerns, disregard local rules. They, they just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. And now you culminate it into this certification day rally at the white house that was planned for weeks um the nights before uh planes in the u.s that were flying into dc with folks that were attending this rally were 
causing disturbances on planes, taking over the audio video system and the, the in-flight phone, uh, uh, you know, intercom. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't, I didn't hear about was, this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are people, th- these individuals have a history of behavior yeah. that is kind of disruptive and I don't know, kind of class clowny. I don't know how to put it kind of like, well, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I liken it, I liken it to Johnny Lawrence from, uh, Cobra Kai. I don't know, yeah. but, yeah. um, uh, but <laughs> But His level so of cloudiness, which is, yeah, yeah. 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 So, and now, you know, they, they meet with, the president has a rally and he basically tells them, we are going to go down Pennsylvania Avenue, yes. Capitol building, and I'll, I might be there with you or I'll be there with you. And Wait. he didn't go with them. Yeah. And they all went. And yeah, yeah somehow they got past the security and yeah. made it into the building. And it's never happened since 1814. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was, it's, it's very odd, but it's, it's alarming and scary and sad. And, you know, that was, that was how we felt yesterday as a country. I uh, think. Uh, among the strange things to see, uh, so many, but, um, yeah, the amount of videos where someone is holding a phone and doing a selfie, um, but like oh. a selfie video and, but what you see is like, people are despite, you know, there's the part where they charge the, or they go to the door, or the window and they smash it or find a way through. I saw the one mm-hmm. with people climbing in a window, but then there's also the part where they get in and they're like, Oh, oh, cool. Let me take a picture with this yeah. statue. Let me pose. Mm-hmm. Let me put. Po-. So there's this element of like, these are tourists. These are people who mm-hmm. are concerned about their, somehow their image. They want to look cool. But on the other hand, if they gather up enough of them, they can break into places. I watched that security guard get chased uh, occasionally turning around and trying to confront them to turn around. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then these people just come forward. And it's like, when they're united, they, of course, as people do, they often forget, but you have tremendous power, you know, against one person, against two people, a, a crowd. And then when you are a crowd, when you when you start reciting, you know, they have their lines, this is the people's house, this is the people's house, that's why we're mm-hmm. here or whatever. Um, it, 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 yeah, I mean, you and I attended plenty of events uh, from protests to rallies and, 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 you know, we mm-hmm. know crowds can have clever, uh, even fun, uh, slogans and, yeah. and songs. Mm-hmm. We were encouraged to enjoy the yeah. songs, but, uh, we mm-hmm. also know that crowds can be quite powerful, um, and, uh, maybe more powerful than they realize it in a way. Cause I wondered how many of those people that had actually gotten into the building knew what to do next. Obviously some did because they continued going through the building, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I think there's a, a great, uh, Americans have a great dichotomy. I think <laughs> we're a very dynamic group of people. And I, um, I'll just say that as kind of a very general whole, but I'll speak mostly to what I think is the dichotomy as someone who kind of observes a lot. Mm-hmm. We have this greater, we have this great concept of serving other people in some ways, um, where we think we're doing good for the whole. And we have these <laughs> principles that we're really holding to of like certain, I don't know, certain tenets, right? Yeah. So you'll say like, Oh, you know, I want to, I want the election to be free and fair. Um, but in reality, you know, because I support, you know, law and order. Uh, and then you're like, well, I need to break into this building because <laughs> For the I need to uphold that law and order. Right. And so it's this very odd thing. Yeah. And so your self-interest and kind of your, uh, I almost want to say like voyeurism or intellectual advent- <laughs> adventure uh, is, is kind of leading you into this, right? And sometimes yeah. it's not intellectual, it's very animalistic, right? So in this regard, you have a bunch of people who really believe they're doing the greater good, yeah. right? And yeah. they 
and they'll do whatever it takes to do it, right? So they'll they'll defy their own rules to get to what they want. Um, they will create, you know, violence or destruction or whatnot. When over the summer, any sort of violence or destruction that occurred via the Black Lives Matter movement was, you know, condemned and and you know, villainized, uh, vilified um, by the same folks that this was in favor of. Now, I got to tell you that this is not a large swath of America. It really isn't. Mm. I mean, these folks that you see on TV doing what they did, they are a small, small percentage of America. Um, but they, they, um, they represent a, a kind of dangerous visage of, of, yeah. of what is possible. I think what is interesting to me, and, and I was watching this on, on CNN, um, is that you can see they broke into offices and destroyed things. And you see the people that they went into the office for, right? Uh, in those offices, you, what you do not see, or what you, you see very little of, is the cots that our representatives, our senators, our, our, their staff, their aides have in those offices so that they can sleep overnight because huh. they work like crazy. You, meanwhile, you, know, you flash forward to the Twitter posts of people who are cowards or not doing the president's bidding or, yeah. or you know, they're not, they don't work hard enough or they're not good at their jobs. And then I want you to look at their destroyed offices, which include cots. <laughs> yeah. really, really, really get that picture um, in your mind and try to frame that. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I, I would say the most interesting thing to me about this is these folks that were able to gain entrance. These are like middle-aged people, 40, 50-year-old yes. folks yes. Um, who stormed the, the most important federal building we have, yes. right? So think of the dichotomy in Portland, uh, Oregon, which is in the West Coast, the Northwest of the United States, a lesser populated city than New York by far, um, very progressive. People were standing and protesting the federal buildings and this secret police that was unleashed from the uh, right. executive offices yeah. uh, was sent there to resolve everything. And people were brought into black vans and they were un badged officers dispatched and in this case there's video of police officers simply opening the barricades for these individuals to come in these 40 to 50 year old men yeah. uh, mostly men and, you know to come through and it's a very big dichotomy of what is happening in america the two different americas as you would say um and so you know if you if the, the question in america being asked is if these were african americans if these were muslim americans if these were a different ethnicity or age yeah. would we have the same outcome and clearly i think i can't prove a negative because they weren't there sure but what i can tell you is in july and when the black lives matter march happened there were <laughs> like futuristic looking <laughs> amount of security sure. in front of the lincoln memorial it yeah. was it was dystopian future but the dystopian present right um which is alarming so you see these kind of this 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 ebb and flow, and and I think that's what is to a hand to to I'd say the I hope the majority of America, what is the most impactful of this? Uh, we can always fix what's broken in the in the Capitol building. <laughs> we can always get that. I think it's it's that feeling that Americans have of like, oh my God, what if they were black? You know what I mean? This would have mm -hmm. been a complete nightmare. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the the. That's the heavy side of it. Now let's take a look at the lighter side of it, where 
The Viking guy? I mean, how do you, yeah, like, how do you, how do you wake up in the morning and put on a Viking costume with like, looks like a burning man outfit? Apparently he's and, a voice actor and this has been his thing, but yeah, yes, yes. I mean, I guess if you're playing a moose, I mean, I don't know what Pixar's up to, so I can't tell you, but. It's all about your brand. I mean, Everybody's always yeah, promoting I mean, their brand. I, Again. Social media has contributed in a weird way. You and I listen yeah. to a good amount of sports uh, podcasts and every mm-hmm. single player on every single team has a brand yeah. now. They are their own mm-hmm. brand. And why shouldn't that mm-hmm. extend to Viking guy who goes to every uh, pro-Trump rally and apparently mm-hmm. other events, including I think he went to Black Lives Matter, but but he just wants to be at the front or in the, in the site. Maybe it'll get him a job or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just to yeah. stay relevant. Uh, uh, somehow I want to, I want to say America is, yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a good point relevancy, right? I think America is a, is a good cross section at some level of passion and relevancy, right? (laughs) If you can find a passion, there's a man, by the way, uh, just, uh, this is when baseball is happening. Sometimes there's a man, (laughs) sometimes there's a dude, sometimes there's a man. The dude abides. Um, but there's there's a guy called Marlins Man, and he was a Marlins fan, and he objected oh. to all the changes they're making, and he started in a bright orange Marlins, Miami Marlins jersey, started going to other games. And he buys, he's a lawyer, and he has a lot of money, and he buys the first seat behind the camera, like that you could see him every shot. Um, and he annoys me to no end. Like in every game he's at, I can see him very clearly, and he drives me nuts. His Twitter account is insane and whatnot. So... I think, like you say, anyone in America can be a brand if you're relevant to a certain amount of people. And uh, in this regard, so here's kind of, I will say this as well. Here are the Trump, you know, Trump and his minions kind of, Hmm. they have a brand and they're relevant to a number of people. You know, Lindsey Graham for most of the last four years and, and Mitch McConnell and that whole group has been part of that brand. And now they are no longer part of that brand. Right. Um, they're supposedly. out. Like they're yeah. doing a rebranding. Yes. But now yeah. you look at the, look at the, look at the hilarious kind of, I mean, some of this incident in, in all events, there is a dark side, but there's oh. also kind of a light side where you can find a lot of fun. So I will have to say, I could not get over the Rambo Trump flags. If you haven't seen those, have seen they're yeah. Yeah. Trump with, with guns and guns. Um, so he's got, you know, Hulk Hogan, Muscles? Rambo, Pythons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, guns and, and guns. <laughs> he's got this AR-15, which is right. kind of indicative of where we are mentally as a country, and it's the, a, the uh, toys yeah. that we want. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the definitely the, um, the guy in the uh, – which, by the way, all these people we're talking about as the guy or the person <laughs> or whomever, but now as of this morning – the uh, Secret Service has actual their names and they've well, been putting their names on CNN, which is, I don't know if you thought you'd get away with it, but um, well, that's the, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, like, the guy like, in Pelosi's office is, oh, yeah. is, is great. Yeah. And the woman who's vaping on the phone, making phone calls from, you know, the Senate majority leaders uh, or, or whatever, their, yeah. their office while they're vaping. It's just it's hysterical to me it, that this is, yeah. is success. But it, this it is what a, success look like. It is a thing I wonder about, and we'll find out. Um, but I, I have doubts um, <clears throat> that whether or not they would really uh, prosecute, and and maybe they will. But uh, first of all, you know, capital 
uh, what do they call them? The Capitol Police or the, the Capitol Police? Capitol yeah. Police. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. they've got, I'm sure they've got different, you know, capacities, including investigation. But this is a lot of people to have to investigate. Yeah. And then a lot of mm-hmm. people, I guess, to bring before a judge. Um, I'm assuming this is more than a fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of statutes here to think about. And so um, if you so, for instance, if you jump the the wrought iron gate at the White House, <laughs> I mean, if you survive. that is a misdemeanor, that's a misdemeanor. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I hate to dismiss it as something simple, small, but oh. it's just a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. And you can't use you can't use, um, you know, deadly force for someone uh-huh. who does that. Someone uh-huh. who breaks into the federal building, I believe. That is, um, that's something it's like 10 years in prison. I, I believe yeah. it. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's violent force. So, so first let me just say, no one's going to just open fire on a populace that's trying to get into a building. That's no. the first thing. And, and you'll see the that second, if you watch the video from yesterday. Yeah. 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 The second part is the Capitol police is not the group that you really, that's kind of like, I don't know how to say it. Um, <laughs> museum police is night at the museum. Yeah. That's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of it. The, the museum police. Um, if you watch the movie Elf, there's the park ranger police or whatever. <laughs> the you central that park group, rangers. Right? That's exactly. Which, which, by the way, they don't exist. There's Human no rights abuses, thing. though. They have been abused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that, would be, that would be, Bill de Blasio would wipe, wipe that out immediately. Um, <laughs> Great but, uniforms, uh, but though. The, <laughs> it is true. They are sharp, snappy dressers, as Anthony Gumia <laughs> would say. Um, but uh, but the, the interesting thing is the, the federal government is responsible or is the the group responsible to call in the national guard or to call which is like a uh a sub military group like every state Mm -hmm. has an has a national guard that's this a a dotted line to the army the u.s army um and they have the power and authority to do that the federal government has to grant them the resources to do it so the executive branch did not until about I'm going to say like six o'clock last night when the vice president, the vice president gave the authority to use the national guard. Mm-hmm. And that's when the militaries and whatnot. In t- un- so that's why it took so long for mm-hmm. reinforcements to come in. And also police are not going to, um, there, there were small groups of Capitol police there and there were small reinforcements coming. They do not have a huge force, but they were preparing yeah. on the sidelines for something to go down yeah. and I, you know, they did as much as they could and then they just got everyone away. So the secret service and the, um, the internal security forces got all the senators and everyone away. So once there was no threat, presumably, um, then it's like, let these people do whatever they're going to do. Just let them get it out. It was almost like letting a, a teenager or letting a, a toddler have a temper tantrum. So have their temper tantrum, do their Instagram posts, put their parlor videos out, whatever. And, and then let's walk away from this. But I think they took the right approach in securing all the representatives, but it kind of gives, (laughs) I think the end result will be, we now have these weird, surreal images of people being total idiots (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And under the name of under the name of patriotism, yeah, and they'll they'll you know they will be you know they will be brought to light and exposed. But I mean, you know, if you don't if you if you really don't see the bravado, the 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 
unnecessary confidence (laughs) in certain people who stole stuff from Pelosi's office. I mean, I don't understand what your, what your mission is. Like, did you just get a letter? Like you really ruined her (laughs) Christmas card list. Like you, you did it. Yeah. Good work, my friend. And and so you always hear the um, starting now. So you know after the the whatever we're going to call it, the siege, the raid, the what insurrection, mm-hmm. um, insurrection. Yeah. What then happens? Right. We just talked about the the fact that people will be prosecuted because of breaking uh, obviously laws. Um, there's also this element of right, like the responsibility. And as you brought up because it's the Capitol Police, it's the Capitol building, there's at some point, if you follow who makes decisions and you, you, you've brought it up, the vice president had to step in. I mean, in some circumstances, uh, situations like this, you might say, all right, well, who's responsible, right? But we live in a weird time because I feel like even if you, as you just brought up, if we can document, and I think it has been what you said about the fact that the executive, the, so the president mm-hmm. Trump didn't, uh, really do anything until very late, did not do what, what would have been logical things to do in mm-hmm. a situation of a, a mob, a crowd, a protest, whatever that is threatening. We know they're angry. Um, but so if you can show that he willingly and knowingly didn't do anything normally you'd say, Oh, this is probably prosecutable because someone died and, and a lot mm-hmm. of damage. Four people. Four people died. Four people died. I, I, I was almost th- yeah. think of the person one, who got shot. One person, yeah. As a, yeah. one person as a direct result of a shooting, the other three due to medical emergencies that happened during the insurrection. Yeah. So there's blood on there's blood on people's hands, and there will be people responsible. Yeah. And and uh, I think you know, as of last night, there were 34 people arrested, 35 people I believe arrested, being held by the Capitol Police. Um, there will be countless others that are going to, I have faith that will be, you know, brought to light. And like I said, we already, they just put names out on the news of people who are doing certain things. Um, so when you get to that point, like at the moment, this guy's in Nancy Pelosi's office and I keep referencing this moment from that moment, like then you get president elect Joe Biden goes on TV, which by the way, I have to explain if people don't understand in my entire life. I have never heard so much from a president-elect in my life. (laughs) I have never heard the president-elect go on TV once a week and he gets out and he, this is kind of almost a weekly address that he has. He's like Churchill every Wednesday, (laughs) right? It doesn't matter if it's Christmas. It's just, he's just there. And um, so he gets out and he, you know, normally he's very positive you know, uh, remorseful for the state of our country and, you know, things will get better. And I know it's sad. I've had sadness. He has this very, really deep story of loss uh, from his first wife and his uh, son. Um, uh, and so um, it's very genuine and authentic and it relates to people in the current state. Mm. Uh, and he yesterday got on like my disappointed dad <laughs> when I borrowed the car and I wasn't supposed to. And so he just said, he just talked to them kind of like 
you know better. You know not to jump into the Capitol building. And then to kind of President Trump, he's like, you've got to stop this. I demand you go on national TV. I demand you stop this. Tell them to go home and, and put an end to this. And the story, so, and then he, he used this, now this only gets brought up in usually teeny bopper movies about pop and lock dance challenges. <laughs> he said, President Trump, step up. And I was like, oh no, it's on. He's got turbo and he's going to, he's going to do electric uh, boogaloo uh, part three. <laughs> um, but instead it turns into like 20 minutes later, the president puts out a video from the Rose Garden. Right. For those who don't know, the Rose Garden is kind of like your ceremonial place that you have the Easter egg hunt. Yeah. And you do like, you spread you know, corona. photo ops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this year is photo ops and ceremonious things. Like we're going to tell you how you can get the coronavirus by meeting our new Supreme Court justice <laughs> nominee. Um, but, you know, it's not someplace for like serious, like countries under crisis. Here's that's from the Oval Office. That's from yeah. the briefing room. Mm-hmm. That's where those things are supposed to happen. So they set up the briefing room, I heard, from the correspondent. And the problem with the briefing room is it's live and you can't get it back. Right. Uh-huh. So once it goes out, you can't get it back. So instead they set up a camera in the Rose Garden and he apparently took 20 minutes to a half an hour to get a message ready to be sent and edited. Or edited and sent out to the press. Yeah. And it basically said, Hey, I know you're hurt. I'm hurt too. Yeah. This whole thing is a bunch of bull and I'm hurt so much. And, but you've got to go home. You got to, it's okay. You got to be safe. Stop it. You're special and we love you. Yes, yes, yes. I, I only heard audio so, of this, but it's, I thought maybe he was being sarcastic. <laughs> You're yeah. special. No, and, that, that's new. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I hearken back and I, I'm just saying like, I had wonderful parents. I don't think in the same sentence they ever said you're special and we love you. And I <laughs> can definitely home. tell you, I, I had a party in my sophomore year of high school when they were away and I destroyed the entire house. <laughs> um, me and 30 or 40 of my closest friends just laid carnage and the place smelled like cigars and it was awful. And they came home and they knew instantly. Cigars. I think if my parents had said you're special and we love you, I don't know if that's the message they'd want to spend. They'd want to send to me at that sure. moment. It would more be like, you're an idiot and we're never leaving you home alone. And I can tell you that my father's been passed away almost 10 years. And when I go visit my mother, she still doesn't leave me in the house alone. Yeah. And I'm a 43 year old man who knows no one in her neighborhood. <laughs> and so I still, yeah. I still will carry this with me for the rest of my life. So, but I've been rewatching oh. the, the office. Like we all should all the time. And, Mm -hmm. uh, among my favorite things, of course, is Michael Scott's sort of mind. And there's the great moment where he, he applies for a job at corporate and then finds out that actually, uh, his then girlfriend, Jan is being fired or something. And, and, and the, 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 the CEO tells him, well, we're not going to go with you for the job. And he goes, well, I'm withdrawing my, uh, (laughs) my candidacy. And he's like, okay, Mm -hmm. withdrawal accepted, you know? And I keep wondering if... Because you never know, really. But if now, I mean, really, we're at the end somehow. If Trump just goes, oh, you know what? I quit. Like, I resign, mm-hmm. not because something bad happened, but because, like, this whole system is so corrupt. 
I'm out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then somehow yeah. this will be his high point that he needs because he's looking for one, right? It was supposed to be like a miracle that saves him and he gets, he gets reelected. But if not for that, then yeah. maybe he'll do some like, I'm noble. That's why I'm quitting. Even though there's three at the time when he does this, there'll be three days left. Um, anyway. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think nobility is, um, I think nobility is the outward guiding principle. Um, however, the, the, you know, underneath the surface, I think the truth is where that's where it lies. Um, this whole time since November 3rd to now, he has been soliciting donations to fight. I've seen this, emails. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> so to, to fight this, uh, you know, corrupt system that can be applied to a potential 2024 presidential run <laughs> or, a media a channel. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah that, no, no, no. He can't use it. He can't use it for a media channel, but he can use it to pay for advertising for a candidacy, right? Which would go to a media channel that would, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of financial implications. If he takes this money that people are donating, and I got to say, the people you saw storm that building, storm yeah. the federal, the most federal of buildings. Yeah. Uh, that, by the way, if it was Portland, it would get secret police out. Yeah. Um, uh, this is this is a much more important building than that. And these guys just walked right into it after breaking a window or getting past the barricade. None of those cutting edge a, tools. Know, spin move. Like sound yeah, cannon. Things. Where's the sound cannon? <laughs> when when did we I mean, I love I don't really love the Mission Impossible movies, right. but I really thought that that's what we would use. Those kind of technologies, people sure. dropping through the ceiling, you know what I mean? Sure. Tiny little Tom Cruise sneaking yeah. through one of the barriers, yeah, um, yeah. but it didn't happen. So, yeah. but you know, this um, he he could take this uh, effort from November third to now, and all the funds that he's getting from these people that you saw break into the building, they all gave him five twenty five dollars, twenty dollars, whatever they gave, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's he's going to use that potentially for either the funding of some other initiative or his 2024 potential race. So here's where now the, between now and uh, January 20th become a very important time. There's two options I think for the government, right. To, to deal with him. One is to say, um, you know, the vice president can invoke what's called the 25th amendment uh, of our constitution which would declare that the president is enabled or disabled (laughs) to serve, right? This was used for FDR when he was, uh, you know, not capable of serving. I think uh, Woodrow Wilson maybe as well, the situation, but we didn't have this amendment. Um, But uh, anyway, so, so they, the vice president could take a, uh, get a majority of the cabinet, or you could go to the both houses of, of, of Congress and get an approval to remove the president. Um, and then the vice president becomes president and speaker of the house becomes which would be Nancy Pelosi becomes vice president, mm-hmm. um, which is weird, just weird yes. enough as is. Um, but, uh, and then he would be removed or, uh, which Nancy Pelosi said this morning, um, that if they don't do this, they're going to move for impeachment. Yeah. So they're really, if nothing but gesture, there really is pressure for him to be removed or to even remove himself because in a way he, the term I I hear lately is fomented, which I'd never heard before. I heard fermented, but fomented, not really. Um, This movement, this violence, these deaths, 
he is the catalyst for it. And so they're saying that he can't serve, he's incapacitated, he's only able to be concerned about his, you know, fighting this election result mm. and not serving the country and honoring his oath and all those things. Yeah. And so they're appealing to the vice president, again, an established, experienced, although kind of way far right. Um, oh, yeah. And a climber. I mean, he, he he's a social climber yeah. in terms of the political game. Yeah. And he, he yeah. it seems to me he, wa- he will want more. He will try to be president one day. But he, and I'm sure he could run 2024. He might be the man who saves us from insanity <laughs> for the next 13 days and then use that for four years to try and get four more years, right? I'm America's, um, so, instead of America's mayor, he's America's yeah. VP. <laughs> he, just, he just got us through the, yeah. I mean, what a, it worked for Ju- Rudy for a while. Yeah. So, you know, he just looked bananas. Um, so, so who knows? Who knows what this, you know, next 13 days looks like. I think season 245 of America is really getting off to a good start. And it's going to be exciting. I don't know how we close the year out, but I have a feeling. Um, I think... Like I, as I started this or, or said offhand, the most boring part of America is usually its government. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to. It's like a, a, the the entirety of the country just wants to get back to that. Like we just want an old person to you know talk about boring things, and you know just yeah. people, you know the uh, Congress and and just to do boring things and and roll calls and whatnot. And that's kind of what America wants. And, um, I hope, and, uh, and that's it. You know, it, it would just be a nice baseline, at least for a year. Just let us all get back to, let us all just get back to, you know, what we call like a, a baseline where we're not all freaked out all day long, checking our Twitter yeah. and looking at our notifications. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I think that's, that's hopefully where we're headed, but we got to get through this next 13 days and, you yeah. know, yeah, it's, one of the, it's going to be interesting. One of the things you hear a lot of is, um, and then we're still going to move forward <laughs> with uh, what a lot of people see as a not legitimately elected president. And what will that be like? And then I thought, oh, yeah, I remember 2000 and mm-hmm. uh, the Supreme Court uh, ruled and chose then a president. And we called him an illegitimate president and life did mm-hmm. go on. And I mean, it, it, there were terrible things that happened over those years, but the country did not collapse on itself. Um, so, you know, yeah, we, we're, we may be returning to a time where again, a bunch of people, whether or not they have good reason for it, no, but still, um, do they think, yeah, we, we, I don't like this president and I don't really believe he won. They're going to keep saying that. I don't know. I, I heard that audio on the New York times on the the daily of Ted Cruz, who Mm -hmm. now looks like he's on, Mm -hmm some kind of rebranding mission involving beards and, and bad haircuts. And I, I don't know. He, he suddenly looks some, like someone who like lives in the jungle off the land and is mm-hmm. trying to look real yeah. folksy, like a folk hero. He's okay. taking on, he's either taking on Bear Grylls or Joni Mitchell. <laughs> I don't really know huh. which he's going after, but he's trying to take someone in their market. And you know, he's like, well, Kenny Rogers is gone and I've got I time. Can, I can do this you know? look. So, but so he gives this speech. This was before uh, people uh, broke into the Capitol building. And he said in that speech, Uh I I might even play it here somewhere, but he says, what does it say to the nearly half the country that believes this election was rigged if we vote not even to consider the claims of illegality and fraud in this election? 
Yeah, and I think this is kind of the molderization maybe of America, Ooh. where we just want to believe because we really do believe. And it's hard because we don't have the production value uh, <laughs> historically that that X-Files show had. Mm. But what's amazing is there's a vehicle for every viewpoint, right? And it's a great thing, but it's also a very dangerous thing. And so you could see yesterday what the outcome could be of a very dangerous viewpoint of several different groups. Now, I think the number one group everyone talks about is, you know, just there's a conspiracy theory about the election, right? And then you get down to the QAnon folks and yeah. you get down to um, Venezuela, very, you know, proud boys or, or all these different groups, right? So everyone has this opinion. If you were to make a government out of those folks on the Capitol steps yesterday, um, I mean, it would be even fractured among them, right? It would be very divisive and very different. Yes. Uh, and it's, it would be hard to create a consensus, but they have one common enemy, right? And so I think what happens is they create a polarization. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about people like Ted Cruz and senators who, who serve longer terms, right? They serve, you know, uh, uh, their election cycle is a lot longer. Mm -hmm. But you see the objections from the House the House of Representatives, which they serve two-year terms. So their election cycle starts the minute they get in office, right? Mm -hmm. These are people who will support Trump to no end because they require his supporters for money, votes, and, and approval. They mm -hmm. require them. So in America, you would see, or maybe in England, you'd see that the House of Commons, right? Mm -hmm. um, you would see that group really buddy up to more populist sentiment, I imagine, right? And what I've read. Um, but when you get into the, when you get into the house of, uh, representatives, it's a similar concept where you really see, you know, a constant election cycle happening and the need for money and support, which drives the election. I'll just say it election industry in yeah. America. Yeah. Um, and so this electioneering never really ends. No, the senators are much more likely to reject this concept. Right. They rejected this whole conspiracy thing. Ted Cruz is an outlier and he'll be he'll be he'll be. I mean, in many ways, um, the, the 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 terrible beard, the awful sunglasses, apparently slick back hair now. Um, so uh, but I mean, hopefully we don't get this kind of like old MacGyver senator um, the rest of our lives. But I mean. Oh, they're the mullet. This is a total. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's party in the back, nothing in the head. Um, and uh, and so uh, this is a big outlier. And I think the election cycle is driving the um, objections because in Congress and in Senate in America, you can't argue the validity of court results. That's not where it happens. You can't adjudicate, as the, the word is. That's a Prince pay word. <laughs> uh, you can't adjudicate in, um, in, uh, it's our law professor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't adjudicate in the Senate and the, and the, the house of uh, the house of representatives in the Senate. Huh. So they're bringing up objections that can't be really dealt with. Um, however, you know, cause that law that they were doing that whole objection process yesterday and what Ted Cruz is trying to do is use a process that was done in just post civil war that, was you know we had two different governments really so somebody won a bunch of states right and one government sent their representatives and one government from the same state sent their representatives because 
they just thought they would. So they had to object to certain representatives. That's where this comes from. And it created this kind of weird standoff and this very difficult situation. Uh, I'm kind of o- I'm oversimplifying it, and smarter people would would no. get in more detail. But the reality of it is, is what was happening yesterday was completely obsolete and not relevant yeah. in a way to the actual proceedings. Uh, and so, what Ted Cruz is doing, and his you know uh, Hawley from Missouri and some other folks. They're simply kind of drumming up the support they need to get their next election coming, which is soon. Their next election is in two years. Yeah. And so they're trying to get the support, just like the House of Representatives individuals. It really is kind of a shadow play. And, and the motivation is, is, is very transparent when you think about it. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theory for the left or, or center, <laughs> but that really is kind of money yeah. really drives everything. And so I, I think when people take a, a, a deep look back, that's kind of where we'll be. We'll, we'll kind of see that as the truth. Um, but, you know, just because someone believes it doesn't make it true. And what a, Demo- a Democratic senator out of Michigan said last night, um, he learned from the Kennedy School in, in, at Harvard, um, leadership is disappointing your base a little bit at a time. <laughs> I thought that was a very important thing to say. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to be a leader because you have to disappoint people sometimes. Yeah. But I think if you look, if you ask Trump supporters, has he ever disappointed you? No. They would probably say no. no. And I think that's a sign of a bad leader. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real sign. Well, I'm going to focus on the positive as you've uh, given us some. Yeah. Ben, thanks for that. Thanks for doing the show, buddy. Thank you. Anytime. It's finally here. They see their breath glisten in clouds in the air Evaporates faster the longer they stare With the rioters barreling past the barricades Clashing with police And breaking into the Capitol As they swarm through the halls the speaker was on the House floor during the count of the Electoral College votes. I said, no, I want to be here. And they said, well, no, you have to leave. I said, no, I'm not leaving. They said, no, you must leave. Police, guns drawn, held the invaders off the House floor. But over in the Senate, the Trump supporters were able to break into the chamber. The scenes were shocking to watch. went under the table, barricaded the door, turned out the lights, and were silent in the dark, under the table, under the table for two and a half hours. is investigating whether any of the agitators, some seen in ballistic vests with zip ties, intended to kidnap or kill legislators or their staff. But I need you. 